Hello, welcome to the Off The Rocks podcast. My name is Jen and I'm chatting with my good pal, Sarah Lewis. Hello, oh, a full, I mean, do you want to use my middle name as well? Actually, let's, let's not go Sarah there. Sarah Brian Lewis. Oh, I told you not to tell people. <laughs> Brian was actually the name of uh, of my guinea pig as a child. I went through phases of calling all my pets like human names, like weird crap human names. I think it's fun. Names. Brian was actually named after Brian Clough, the um, Nottingham Forest manager at the time. You're such a I lesbian. Mean, that's how I roll. I know. I know I do have my moments. <laughs> how are things in your life in general? Things in my life in general are good. Scale of one to ten. One to uh, one to terrible. One to suicidal <laughs> depression. <laughs> um, I'm quite far from suicidal depression at the moment, actually. Excellent. Which is, is always nice. That's what yeah, we aim so for. Got, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's every morning. That's that's what I think about before breakfast. Will I get through today without suicidal depression? In all um, seriousness, yeah. I've I've had days like that. Have you? Not recently, oh. thankfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. pretty much yeah no definitely um it's not the know. best way to start your day it's not no it's really not it really saps um, all your motivation when you feel like that. It's, quite, it's quite tiring thinking about whether you want to live or not <laughs> but in a weird way it's sort of freeing because you think that's always an option and, and then you just think i'll shelve that today i'll shelve that, that plan and uh, let's just see how it pans out and see if i feel yeah. better or worse later on and if you feel yeah, better yeah. It, it, that creates hope yeah no i think that's a that's kind of like a, a, a an optimistic realistic <laughs> way of looking yeah. at it sort like of. the most optimistic <laughs> pessimist ever <laughs> do you right, say so we're an optimist we're, or a pessimist do i think i am yeah i think i am a realist yeah, well, I think I would consider so that, that I'm not answering your question at all. <laughs> no, you're not. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, um, I would describe myself as a, a like a realist optimist, like not an optimist to the point of, um, well, <laughs> exactly as that sounds, not being realistic. Uh, but I definitely, you know, even when I did feel really, really shit for long periods of time, I was, I never really felt like this will never end. Mm. Like, you know, like I felt that in the sense that I'm kind of like. When will this end? And it felt awful. But um, I was always, always hopeful that um, that I'd kind of come out the other end. And I was was always trying to do things to facilitate that, even if some of them didn't work. So yeah, also, yeah. We've got a cat uh, situation. Just I'm just putting that out there. She's she's just saying hello. Let's try. I'll try and deal with it today. Well, yeah. I I definitely have a, a real um, sort of childlike sense of optimism. I get really excited about really basic things and I'm quite easily pleased if my fundamental needs are met I'm really happy if I get (laughs) regular nice food and meals I'm so (laughs) ecstatic like I look forward to my next meal and I I love I'm a big foodie and I love that sort of thing and I like routine and as boring as that is to admit I definitely have realized that about myself I I really thrive on routine and I'm goal oriented so that sort of um stuff makes me able to achieve a lot more than I ever thought I was capable of so I'm, I am optimistic in some ways but I I, I wouldn't say I'm pessimist but I definitely have a, a real cynical side to me where yeah. I don't really expect that much from life <laughs> I don't really believe in not that I don't believe in luck but of course luck does exist like you're in the right place at the right time sometimes and in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time sometimes. But yeah, I feel like generally life is more what you make it and you're as happy as you make up your mind to be. I definitely feel like you, you get out what you put in most of the time. But I think I think that's um, like it's perfectly legitimate. And also you kind of I think being a pessimist is kind of having no joy for life. And clearly, if you're just happy with your three meals a day in a warm bed. <laughs> three? Are you joking? <laughs> oh, at least sorry. six. <laughs> Sorry, don't mean to meal shame you. Um, <laughs> that would make me miserable, just three meals a day. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's I think that's a really nice way to be, to just get get the joy out of like the simple things in life. I definitely, as I've gotten older, um, have, have realised that, you know, just like going on a nice walk in nature and just being like, oh, everything's wonderful and pretty. And yeah, like, nature. That's enough to kind of make me really happy. And this, like just talking honestly and, um, yeah. and, and I find that just so, in, when you find interesting people and people that make you laugh, yeah. I love that. I think that's probably my favourite thing in the world is just honest, funny, 
brutal raw open conversation a probing conversation yeah i completely agree yeah Yeah. trying to get to the truth of things and um and also being vulnerable and seeing well how could you improve this and and looking back at how you've behaved or how you still behave and sort of seeing the fun in that even if it's painful seeing that the the funny side of things I think and and having people to point that out to you and being able to do that with somebody else that doesn't take things to heart or too sensitively that's conversely one of my least favorite things in life are people that just want to take offense to things all the time like they're just eager to take offense and eager to be sensitive and eager to have a problem and to get angry there's obviously a, a place for anger but people that just rise up to things and bite bait all the time i have no time for it i can't stand it yeah so uh so i try to i try to steer clear of people like that i think you just said that i bring you joy to your life you do just inadvertently yeah you do (laughs) yeah no you totally do yeah that's what i've learned as i've gotten older is that happiness doesn't come from material stuff like we all oh is that the purring again <laughs> i love that ah <laughs> just heard that noise ah. she, she tried to let's have a listen to it <laughs> effie come here come on you're on you're on camera now well not camera oh shit no, oh, she's I'm not going to perform now i've thrown her off the desk it's okay <laughs> yeah i think as i've gotten older i've definitely realized that and i think we all know that you know we read that and, and sort of know that really that thing things can't buy you happiness and yeah. money can't buy you happiness I I've definitely learned that on a cellular level that actually mm. it's your health it's it's friends it's people it's the quality of your relationships that's important it, that it far far surpasses anything that you can buy with money and a, a, like a packed diary full of social plans in fact that to me is we were just talking before we press record <laughs> weren't we? we've got three plans coming up and we're like I don't want to make any more it's too much um <laughs> But yeah, it's absolute, I think it's probably true for most people, probably not everybody, but definitely for me. And that's, that's the key, isn't it? To work out what, what makes you tick and what makes you feel not so good as well. And and for me, I've definitely identified the things that I need and and love and that ultimately make me happy and feel calm and, and secure and the things that wobble that. And, and it's just then being conscious because it's so easy to just fall into um, not doing that yeah and I, I I just think it's it's like really beautiful uncovering those as you go as you go like get a bit older and go through life and just being like I'm actually really really happy now and if you'd have told me you know 15 years ago that like standing and staring at a tree in a, in a forest would genuinely bring me like the most peace that I could feel I'd have just been like oh shut up <laughs> like I'm not that person I'm not an outdoorsy person I don't really care about that sort of stuff but um yeah I went to I went to uh East Sussex at the weekend I went to Eastbourne and did um like the Seven Sisters walk along the clifftop and it's so so beautiful and it was a gorgeous day um and then we kind of walked it's like a circular walk and we walked back through the forest and because it's like May and it had just been raining like um a lot recently everything was so green and mm. was just like popping and I was just like this is this is all I need this, this is great is glorious yeah. and you know I just think about like I guess this kind of does dovetail into like the email that we're going to discuss but um you know before yeah, sort of seven or eight months ago when I was still drinking I'm not saying I wouldn't have dreamt of doing that work but it would all have been around cent- centered around like where's the pub and like how do I get you know I won't be able to drive because I want to drink afterwards and you know I it was quite funny I kept saying like on the walk I was like oh is there a pub on the way like I really really fancy a drink and I was like literally because I'm thirsty I just mm. want a soda water like it's nothing to do with like oh I want a pint and I'm bored of this I was just and we so when we got to the end there was this gorgeous little square and we just sat and like you know I had a cup of tea and a soda water and just sat in the sun and and laughed so much like chatting to my friends and it was just it was really really beautiful and oops um what just yeah. happened then sorry it's just a some sort of notification i like the way you go oops when you get a notification <laughs> it was a porn pop-up all right <laughs> really? not now <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> yeah those sorts of things are just absolutely glorious aren't they and it's real real life and real experiences and you're experiencing them fully in the moment and that's um 
you know more of those more of those more of the time to more yeah what am i trying to say more. i mean more. you said more a lot <laughs> that's still in my nature i just got more everything now but nowadays it's it's definitely angled towards healthier pursuits yeah we've had an amazing email an amazing one we're going to focus on that today and answer it but it kind of ties in with what we've just been talking about anyway so shall i crack on and read it please do do the honors so i got this a few days ago and the subject title of the email is uh it's called you guys are awesome so immediately (laughs) i thought that's correct (laughs) we flagged this and said i don't know what the content is but this will be the one that we do this week (laughs) yeah so uh, yeah that caught my eye so it starts like this hey lady and i just love this email so um and the person at the end she said we can use her real name but we if we want to use a fake one then use hermione <laughs> but um <laughs> i love that people are doing that it's like I you know. can use my name but here's my fake name if, if you're so inclined i know but yeah we'll use a, a real name because it's a bloody lovely name so this email is from Brittany, and she says hey ladies you are fantastic and i love listening to your podcast on my runs My question is taking us back to alcohol, but is also about identity and community. There is this huge part of my brain that would like not to drink. Maybe not forever, but definitely for an extended period of time. I run regularly and I'm trying to work my way up to a marathon. I'm about at a half marathon. Well done. Yeah. The thing is, I know that my drinking is definitely slowing down my fitness progression, as it will. But I have this identity that I've created for myself as a wine drinker and I have a hard time dealing with the idea of changing it. I have read a ton of sober literature and am really immersed in the online community and listen to podcasts, as you may have noticed. So it is definitely something part of me wants, but I'm not sure I can change who I am. My drinking is above healthy limits, but not such that it would ever draw attention as problematic. I think I may also have intense FOMO fear of missing out about the whole thing did you struggle with this kind of dilemma when you decided to give up alcohol and do you have any advice thank you love the podcast Brittany. and then she says you can use hermione so firstly can i just say this has reminded me of something regarding the the name hermione when the harry potter books first came out so years and years ago now my dad read them to my younger sister um, when she was really little and he'd never heard of the the uh, name Hermione I don't think I had until that film so when he was reading it he pronounced it Hermie one <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't That's until really the cute. <laughs> no, it wasn't until the films came out that we were like ah oh shit <laughs> yeah. but yeah first of all Brittany you bloody gorgeous creature thank you mm. so much for such a, a lovely email and thanks for the compliments really pleased that you're enjoying the podcast and it's so lovely to hear that because obviously churning these things out every week every Thursday is a, is a joy it's lovely but obviously there's work that goes into it so it's it's really lovely that people get something out of it yeah definitely. so really quite a serious email what what are your first thoughts well, my first thought, actually, when I read that was like, I, I just thought it was lovely because it's really self-aware. It, you know, she's sort of identifying that um, drinking is not just a uh, behavior that she does. It's something that she feels like is part of her identity. So I think it's it's really good to be aware of those things and to kind of separate them out. Uh, so I definitely, yeah, I thought it was a fascinating, um, a fascinating email because it is uh, drinking can and is part of people's identity. And that is what is so hard to separate. And that's where the feelings of, um, you know, where you feel like you might be depriving yourself of something that is almost maybe not inherently you, but certainly has become uh, a big part of you. And, and I definitely, definitely felt that. I think less, sort of less so by the time that I made the decision to stop drinking because I think part of my decision-making process was that actually I realized that it's not part of me. It was a behavior that I was doing that was negative and that was making me feel bad and that there was another side which would be opened up almost. It's almost like this portal to this other world if I stopped doing this thing. And even before I stopped drinking, I kind of recognized that that would 
that that would happen. Uh, and then when I did, that's exactly what happened in it. So in that sense, it sort of became quite easy f for me. And as soon as I was just like, oh, I've got, I'm sleeping better and I've got so much more energy and I'm happier and I'm less anxious and all of those things, I, I just, I realized that drinking was not a part of me. It was not a part of my identity. I always f had this idea of like, this slightly ridiculous idea of being this kind of, not damaged but you know this flawed character who you know and was really I was really creative and I, I loved to write and, and and it was almost like drinking wine was part of that you know I would stay up late and I would smoke 40 cigarettes and like that was just this kind of flouncy like 18th century character that I'd given myself and actually it turns out that I really like early nights and I just like pottering around in nature and and I still write and I'm still creative and I still have all of those emotions and all of those feelings that kind of went with that um identity I'd given myself but actually the the alcohol was not a part of it and um, it was a part that I made I made it a part of it and it was a negative part of it you know it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't any good yeah so I think it's it's definitely one to look at and I think the fact that you um Brittany you kind of identify that that is something that you feel I think is the first step I think if you can't so it, it can be really hard to see that and then when you can stop drinking and then be like oh but I've lost my identity and and it can be really difficult so I think my first impressions of the email is, is kind of good on you for for having that uh, introspection to be able to look at yourself like that yeah absolutely I agree with everything you've just said yeah, you ask Brittany, is this something that you've dealt with 100%, 100% completely relate to that. Yeah, as Sarah said, when you drink to any capacity, obviously that, that becomes a part of your identity because that's just something that you do on a regular basis, depending on how regularly. But yeah, I definitely struggled with that when I first knew and we're talking kind of a decade ago now when I first really came to terms with the fact that I, I have this drinking problem I just am out of control when I drink I never feel like I can really stop reliably when I start I feel terrible afterwards like absolutely terrible but I just keep repeating the same cycle when I really really acknowledged that and accepted that about myself and knew I had to take steps serious steps to have a complete break from it it was really difficult to the point where I felt I genuinely felt like I don't know who I am without this I don't yeah. know what I'm going to do I don't know what my life will look like I don't know where I'll go where I'll spend my time who my friends will be it was awful absolutely awful we can all relate to each other because if you drink just to some extent we're all dependent on it if we drink even a couple of glasses of wine at, at parties and that's your routine you're still normally there's a there's a level of dependence even if it's within healthier limits but yeah I, I felt it very very acutely and one thing that you said in there that really s jumped out at me that I actually made a post about the other day after I read your email you say I'm not sure if I can change you can you absolutely can you are capable of change and you are capable of change even if you firmly feel that you're not that doesn't make it true you know thoughts and feelings are not facts and you clearly just from the tone of your email and the little bits that you include the fact that you're training to do a marathon and you're already up to half a marathon yeah yeah it's huge point. it's yeah. huge you obviously have loads of discipline and we all do even if we don't feel like we can apply it to certain things some people struggle terribly with food some people struggle terribly with drinks some people cigarettes like there's gambling pornography then I say that pointing at you Sarah <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna cut that out about the pop-up aren't you right <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all basically, I, I feel like addiction is all, they're all different, obviously, with, with the consequences of each thing. But the drive behind an addiction is a feeling of complete discomfort and, a, and an inability to be able to sit with how you feel in that moment and you're reaching outside of yourself for a immediate gratification or a fix, a state change that you're not 
really doing yourself it's something else that's creating that in you so but it, it yeah it takes it takes discipline and effort obviously to change that in most cases and I won't sugarcoat that because for me it was really really hard at first really hard and it took me several attempts and goes at it to string together decent amounts of time but it was possible and I, I too at one point for a long long time felt like I wasn't capable of that change and and yeah I was and I am and I've seen thousands and I've spoken to thousands of other people now that felt exactly the same way and yet they were also capable of change so it's a common theme of it it's a common theme of feeling dependent or addicted or having this habitual thing in your life it's a common theme that when you're still in it still in that lifestyle still making that choice it's a really common theme to feel like it can't change and it won't change and and that it'll it will always be the same and you're not capable of it but you are you absolutely are and that's the the biggest message that I would like you to hear mm. when you listen to this podcast is um is you are you absolutely are and um what will work for you might slightly differ from what worked for me and what worked for Sarah and what worked for anybody else that got sober but generally the theme the themes are recurring and the biggest one is you just need to find the way that works for you that you stop drinking yeah and I feel like um I feel like you Jen um are like a really good kind of champion for change like I feel like that is such a good message that you bring um you know in the book that you wrote obviously it's all about when people think that they can't change it's like you can and the way that you tackled it in your book is to just like right let's look at everything let's monitor everything let's connect everything and that is how you do it it is it's not kind of like just pure willpower and determination I mean that kind of comes into it in sort of wanting to change but it's like let's properly tackle things and 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 look at everything and if you do that and if you're if you have a you know curiosity of mind to to be and willingness to look at yourself then that's how you change and you know I just what I got as I said before like what I got from that email is there is a willingness from from Brittany to do that to just be able to identify like I feel, I, it's, I'm just rereading it again and, and uh, she's written I have this identity that I have created for myself as a wine drinker and I have a hard time dealing with the idea of changing it like there, there's an awareness there that so many people don't mm -hmm. have mm. and for me reading that email kind of with my uh, therapist hat on you know I would challenge the idea of of being a, of a wine drinker as really being part of your identity I mean you've um, identified I need to another word than identified but you've said <laughs> you've said yourself that you've created it for yourself so if if you've created it then you can uncreate it and yeah, that doesn't take anything mm. exactly exactly that so that's kind of where I would come at, at that email is that um, that's not an intrinsic part of who you are it's a behavior it's something that you do and uh, I was actually talking about this yesterday, just to briefly bring it back to me, because I don't feel like we've talked about me enough, um, you know, to, to go back to kind of like dating apps and, and online dating and stuff. I was talking about, you know, the idea of drinking as, as kind of part of that and as part of people's identity, because since I stopped drinking, you know, when you look at going through them, like, you know, swiping or whatever, and you're looking at people like when people... Uh, say things about drinking or I mean there are some people where in every single photo of themselves it's them drinking somewhere oh, so lame. and then they've like saying oh I'm hobbies include gin drinking and Prosecco and all this and I'm, and I'm just kind of like that's not who you are as a person I mean it's obviously who you feel you are it's literally who you want to you curating this image of yourself and you, the most important things that you think to get across are that you drink and you know I would probably n not even really have picked up on that like you know eight months ago or so but now I'm so conscious of that that I'm just like well I mean for me personally I don't think I really want to go down that road with someone so that's uh, that's a hard no from me but you know I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with you know someone posting a picture of themselves on holiday having a glass of wine it's not that but it's this idea of identity of like gin drinking and being a Prosecco queen like that's not who you are as a person that's you know what like the toxin that you're imbibing on the weekends and I just that's what I challenge and I don't think I mean, I know that you don't lose any of yourself by not drinking. And I would, you know, challenge that 
from my own personal experience, like I gained so much more of myself, so much that had been pushed down and dulled down by drinking and actually revealed all these kind of qualities and um, interests and just just this whole of the side of me that I didn't I wouldn't say I didn't know existed it's not like I was like a brand new person but it was you'd just forgotten though you'd probably yeah forgotten. exactly yeah. I'd, I'd lost or didn't them. have the confidence to to lead with that yeah because everything you know we were just talking I can't remember whether this was before or after now but um we were I can't remember <laughs> I was pissed at the time <laughs> No, I mean this morning, like when I was <laughs> when I was talking about how you know I had this great, I went on this brilliant walk at the weekend. But bef- you know, eight months ago and before that would have been centered around. Well, I'll have to get the train there because I want to drink. And is there a pub? And you know, I hope the walk's not too long because it's going to be a nice day and like it'd be really nice to sit in the pub. And you know, so the the pub and the drinking and that side of things was kind of like just covering everything else well actually the beauty of it was the walk and the view and my friends and yes we did go to the pub but I had a cup of tea and I had a sober soda sober water I had a soda water (laughs) other drinks are available in pubs guys (laughs) you don't have to have drugs in pubs that's right and it's sometimes they look at you like a tea Mm. I went to I went um, on a date the other day and I went to the bar and said um I said oh do you do decaf coffee and they said oh no sorry and I said go on then I'll risk it and then I went hang on no no I won't that's a stupid idea and then I went oh um what about tea oh go on I'll have a cup of tea then and he gave me the tea and um I went to get the money and he was like oh don't worry about it it's only tea and I was just like I mean a that's brilliant but it was just kind of like it was almost like well that's not a proper drink is it so you get it for free so yeah it's uh it's an interesting concept yeah Yeah. going back to what you were just saying about people um you know on dating sites or whatever you know Facebook or whatever people that put photos of themselves that with like drinks in the hand on every single photograph I have always felt that is a naff thing to do I've never I've never liked it I don't think there's many photos of me doing that even when I used to drink loads there will have been but definitely not with me holding it aloft as though it's something to be proud of yeah and I, I really don't like it when people do that. I think it's, it's as, it's as weird to me as people holding coffee cups up or yeah, yeah. putting a cigarette like out to the front of the frame. But yeah, I, I really don't like it when people do that with alcoholic drinks. I just think it's so lame and naff. And I actually, at the risk of being a little bit controversial, I, uh, I think alcohol use when it's more than a couple of drinks at any given point and you do it more regularly than say once every month or two that to me if you do it any more than that when you're drinking you definitely have a level of dependence on it for one I don't think that's really in question if you just can't really go without something for a month or two you have a dependence on it but more than that when people do on a very regular basis and a lot of drinkers do they drink really regularly like every week or several times a week and they think it's a big deal if they have like one or two nights off to me that is such a colossal amount so unhealthy and it's a shortcut to having a personality yeah because it's not it's not your personality that's just you under the influence of a drug and 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 it would I, I feel the same for people that I've, I've had loads of friends that have like routinely done loads of cocaine and or back in the day when I was much younger like speed or acid ecstasy anything like that MDMA it's all just it's not them it's them under the influence of of a different drug and they're clearly not in control of themselves they're not really at their best well they're not at their best at all and it's just it's I just find it really really lame And, and alcohol for me comes absolutely within that category just because it's legal doesn't make it any cooler or any healthier I think it's it's crap it's crap when people sort of lead with that as oh yeah i, I love drinking bloody gin or i'm a, all that merchandise as well these days that seems yeah, to have yeah. it's a like shops are awash with it where it's like coasters and glasses that are all embossed with prosecco queen and rose all day and all of that it's so shit it's so naff i would never in a million years even if i did drink those things buy merch to advertise that i think it's just crap and lame and question yourself if you're sort of in that because a lot of that is almost like it gives people permission to feel like well it's so common that therefore it must be okay 
and um, and and it, that can be really harmful because it covers up the bigger picture, which is you have a drug dependence that can that can be going like really out of control, and you're not really looking at it. As a bit of an aside, have you ever seen a program called Vanderpump Rules? Uh, no, I haven't. But I've she's from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Is yeah, that right? Lisa is that Vanderpump. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like yeah, the English yeah. one. I watched that years ago. I caught it. I can't remember when it was, but roughly like 2013 2014 it's like a reality program and I don't really watch those very often but because I had just finished running my own bar I, it was like really interesting that it was set in a bar that she owned and yeah, it yeah. basically followed the lives of her staff at the, like the bartenders and everything and they would go out you know they were sort of young 20 like mid 20s at, at the time they would go out and just drink colossal amounts and go on holidays together and there'd be you know breakups and fights and relationship problems between them all so it was kind of like a, a, a human experiment really on some level about the dysfunctional yeah. relationships but the amount they drank was obscene absolutely obscene and I was newly sober at this point when I when I first started watching it and I watched a few and it was kind of interesting and I sort of liked some of the characters and not not some of the others so much but hadn't watched it in years and I came across it the other day and it's now on season seven and uh, and a lot of the characters are still the same and I watched an episode thinking I wonder how much they've changed and they've all had plastic surgery so they all look the same basically the same bloody noses and lips (laughs) yeah but mostly they look absolutely dreadful health-wise they've all got terrible blood pressure because they're I just think their lifestyles are horrendous they eat absolute crap most of the time they like the amount they drink is absolutely insane they go out and the first thing they do is like let's get a few rounds of shots and they just knock them back one after the other and then bottles of wine and Prosecco and then they'll just drink and drink and drink to blackout and these people are in their mid-30s now some of them come up to 40 and they're still drinking like this and then suffering horrendous like panic attacks and anxiety the next day from the hangover but they've most of them have put on loads of weight from it they're like like I say their faces look like they're going to explode because of their blood pressure you know with people go really <laughs> red because of yeah yeah like alcohol misuse and it is just it was absolutely crazy to watch it like the difference of a few years if you don't address the way that you drink but yeah Brittany the identity thing you can change that you're not stuck with an identity my identity used to be real like party animal and the last one standing and the one that would always want to take people back to their place and carry on the party but it's not it's so not that now and it hasn't been for some time and I prefer that I get up in the morning and I'm at the gym and I'm lifting weights and I'm really strong and capable and healthy and clear-headed and genuinely confident and can pick and choose what I really want to do and have the wherewithal to say oh no I'm not I don't want to do that and feel completely fine about it that's an identity that I'm much more uh, fit into that's in that's um kind of like that is who intrinsically who you are as well like I mean identity is yes you can change it in the sense that you know as you said Brittany it's a self-created identity and you can create another one but just I would kind of go a step further and just I would say look at look at who you really are and what you really really like because no one really really likes drinking people who really like drinking it's because they want to cover something else up or, or they're uncomfortable with something else so if you take away the drinking you'll discover what activities it is you really like and if it sounds like you're really passionate about running so think about you know what's more important running and how that makes you feel and all the natural highs and the health benefits and the sense of satisfaction you know versus drinking and how drinking just counteracts every single one of those things and just find out what what the other things are that you love and you know I feel like if you if you committed to giving up drinking you know you don't have to say I will never drink again but just say right I'm going to take a a prolonged break let's say you know three months or six months I would say give it at least that um, and just find out what else like makes you happy and kind of makes your heart sing I mean it sounds a bit cheesy but it's true because I never had those like 
those like soul flight moments you know when you just have this that sort of like euphoric buzz where you're just like oh this is brilliant I'm exactly where I want to be I'm 100% present I'm having like an incredible time like I've had those at work since I've stopped drinking because I've just been so much more clear-headed that I've been like I actually love my job I love doing this this is really fulfilling me and if you do take away all these things that you know dull your dull your senses and make you fuzzy and make you not who you are then you'll discover all these other things so that I mean that in terms of advice my advice would be just give it a go I don't think you're going to find that you miss your identity as a wine drinker because that's that doesn't mean anything it's an arbitrary thing it's it's just an activity it's a drug it's you know it's all of those things whereas you know your identity as a marathon runner is really cool and and there's loads of good stuff that comes out of that and I'm sure that you know if you've got more time and headspace and money and all of those things that you get from uh, from not drinking then you'll find other things that you feel really passionate about as well totally and yeah I I second all of that and I'm really impressed that I'm impressed with anyone really that has really great fitness levels and interest in in that yeah Um, and uh, I would imagine you are pretty fit if you can run half marathons and and you're training to do double that and I just I'd focus on that focus on that identity because that's so much more impressive than someone that just sits around pouring alcohol into their mouths like and also what is it like really try and work out you ask for advice and my advice would be really try to untangle what it is that you think you'll be missing out on if you just take a break from it and I agree with Sarah you know really try and go for a and and yourself you said that you wanted to go for an extended break and I I do feel like you need um, a person if they if they've identified that they are in a little bit of a sticky situation with it you do need a, a decent break and for me at least six months is any less than that you won't really get what it feels like to go without it and to really build up your backbone for it and I think after six months as well you'll be in a really good position to decide what you want to do moving forward so it's such an achievement and you will feel different you just will um so it'll be a really good amount of time for you to decide well maybe I want to continue this actually or you know you may want to go back to drinking but you might feel empowered to do it in a much much more mindful way where you're not doing it as often and you're not drinking as much and then you can kind of test those boundaries with yourself but you'll have seen the other side so if you do start to slip back into old habits you'll kind of have that experience of well actually I was happier when I wasn't drinking for six months so yeah I agree give it a good old chunk of time and yeah. see how it feels yeah if six months isn't enough and you go back and it feels like nothing really has changed then go for a bit longer go for another six months or go for a whole year like a calendar year where you just commit to it and just don't drink alcohol under any circumstances no matter what because there's always an excuse to to drink always yeah there'll never be any shortage of alcohol around there'll never be any shortage of people to go and drink with there just won't be you're you're not going to because that was part of a weird part of my reluctance to give up was somewhere in my mind I felt like there was a scarcity of it and if I didn't have all the drinks and and if I missed out and took a break from it I would somehow be um, falling behind or missing out on something that I would have otherwise had better experiences and I think that's sort of natural when you're so used to that that being a part of your life but it kind of works in the other way you actually experience more stuff when you don't drink when you take that out of your life it's it's actually a drag factor and it does pull you back it pulls you down it makes you less capable it's not just in the moment it's obviously the next day if you if you over drink and it doesn't take much to over drink you really like think of all the hangovers that you've ever had like I really can't stand thinking of that really not because not only because it makes me feel it can make me feel kind of physically twitchy like oh it makes me feel gross thinking about how bad I've felt physically before and how panicked I felt when I've woken up feeling so ill and knowing that the whole day is a complete write-off I just in the end I just wasn't capable of doing anything for me in the end as well it was more like two or three days before I felt back to normal after a a drinking session so definitely you immediately remove all of that rubbish from your life and and you have all this extra time and energy and vitality to do something genuinely interesting and again you may these ideas may not be springing into your mind because you may not be used to it but 
again, just as much as there will never be a shortage of drink if you ever want to go back to that, there's not a shortage of experiences in the world that don't have anything to do with that that are much more genuinely interesting and exciting, like genuinely exciting, because alcohol isn't genuinely exciting. It's just it's just a drug. It's just a drug that makes you feel a way that you don't really genuinely feel. Yeah, no, I completely, completely agree with that. And what I would add to it is certainly in terms of um, like the hangovers is you never, ever, ever wake up and regret not drinking. You don't think, God, I wish I'd been drunk last night. It just, it doesn't work like that because like you say, it's not a real thing. So even if you have an evening that, you know, certainly when you first stop drinking, you might have evenings where it's a little bit challenging when other people are drinking and you're around it and you're thinking about it and it might feel difficult. But the relief that you feel when you wake up in the morning and like the empowerment of being like, you know what, I did that. I got through that entire night. I didn't drink. And chances are, I mean, it it starts off like that, but really quickly you'll realize that, oh shit, like, you know, if people are good friends, they're friends for a reason, you'll still have a laugh, you'll still have the same kind of experiences that you had before. Um, I mean, providing that they're not getting absolutely fucked. And if they are, I guarantee you that you'll kind of be like, no, it's kind of lame. Like, mm. you know, you were funny, like after two drinks and then after anything more than that, you are repetitive and boring. And actually, who wants to be like that? Who who thinks, God, I wish that I was drinking so I could have been really repetitive and annoying and obnoxious too. Like, I know how annoying I was when I was drunk. I was well aware of it before, during, after. I just didn't really give a shit. Mm. But now I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't miss being that person. And I really like it when I can still make people laugh and still be engaging and interesting uh, when I haven't had a drink. Like that feels like a massive achievement. And, you know, I kind of had that at the weekend not, not that it was incredibly engaging and interesting but um <laughs> I mean I was but you know I was with like um some of my closest friends and also someone that I hadn't met before who traditionally you know when I met a new person I, I'd be kind of awkward around them and I wouldn't feel comfortable but actually I just had a really really lovely time and I'm like I can connect with people without a drink you know it's absolutely fine and it it really does you know, I mean, maybe you don't have as many like socially awkward kind of issues as I do. And maybe those achievements won't feel as big, but I, they'll still feel good that it will still feel nice the next day when you're fresh and healthy and awake. And, you know, and then when you see all your friends with like raging hangovers and you're like, right, I'm going to go for a run now. It's, mm. um, yeah, it's a little bit satisfying. Yeah, it's massively satisfying. Yeah, I, I, I definitely sense that you've got a lot of cognitive dissonance in within your email Brittany because you kind of want to but you don't and you you worry how you feel afterwards and you don't want to miss out on things but um that is a really normal feeling when you you're trying to embark on something new and big and and that's just par for the course so my advice would be don't spend too long thinking of that that's just you've got to accept that as part of trying anything new I, I bet when you first started training for a marathon that I bet you thought I'm never going to be able to do 20 yeah. is it 26 yeah. point something miles yeah something um, like that. and that's natural you're not going to be able to to probably envisage doing that at first and it takes effort and it takes discipline and it takes time and incremental improvements and progress to be able to get from there to where you are now and from where you are now to running a marathon and you've done that so you surely can see if you if you just look at that as an example you are capable of change you are capable of discipline you are capable of massive amounts of progress and you've done that all on your all on your own nobody can give up drinking for you in the same way nobody can run a marathon for you you are completely responsible i completely agree with that and you know even just not even running a marathon but even just running just the act of running when you start running like i've kind of just started running again like a couple of months ago even just running like five or ten minutes to begin with it's it's hard and it's not enjoyable and you you know your body aches and you're just kind of like, oh god why am i doing this but then you get to the point where not only can you do it but it's actually well i'm not quite the point where it's enjoyable but like I'm at the point where I'm like Meh, this is all right and then when I f when I finish running I feel incredible and like that sense of achievement um you know and I cannot run anywhere close to a half marathon like I only really like running for about half an hour but for me getting from five or ten minutes up to half an hour it's just it 
it, yeah, it is a metaphor for for life and for all activities. It's it's everything is incremental. Everything is hard to begin with. Anything worthwhile that is, you know, if it's not and it's super easy and it doesn't mean anything, then you know why are you doing it anyway? But giving up drinking is very like that it feels weird and uncomfortable and a bit strange and then eventually it starts to feel incredible and opens up all these other opportunities yeah it is undoubtedly challenging I again wouldn't say otherwise it it normally is for someone that gets to to a point where they have this inner dialogue with themselves and they reach out for advice and and um, they're not sure if they can do it and they, they doubt themselves if you have any of that it will be probably challenging on some level but you know what all the good things are all the good things are challenging and and the way that you grow and progress and become more interesting and a better version of yourself is by going through challenges mostly it is it is that so i would say Brittany, darling you can do it just do it like just get yes. on it just crack on and do it There'll, there won't be a perfect time to do it there will always be a party there'll always be a weekend there'll always be a stressful situation where you think oh i could do with a drink if that's what your habit is there will always be a reason but any day is as good as any if you haven't already started just mark today as the first day I hate to be a person that sort of plugs their own stuff, but this is exactly the reason why I wrote the book that I wrote, the Off the Rocks Journal, available on Amazon. And I won't say anything more about it, but... I will. It's really good. (laughs) You should get it, Brittany. But I mean, seriously, like, do. There's something really, like, you know, good and mindful about charting things and being able to turn a a page each day and write, I drank nothing, I drank nothing. Like, it will just spur you on. And, you know, even if you don't go to the point of getting uh, Jen's book, at least just take stock at the end of each day and just be like, yeah, that's another one. That's 10 days without alcohol or whatever. And you'll find that the days start to fly by and it starts to become you know that feeling of being on a roll and and of feeling good and healthy and clear-headed for that for that many days is 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 awesome yeah but yeah it it won't magically occur you know you have to actually be the one to like anything in life you have to be the one to actually do that thing and no amount as you know you said yourself you've read a load of uh sober literature and generally people tend to do that too they'll be really interested in that I used to read loads of it too and I really related but that didn't help me stop it, it kind of no. it, it made me relate to it thinking oh so another person feels like that or another person's done it but I don't think I can the only real thing that will make the difference is just stop doing that thing just yeah. stop doing it one day at a time one social event at a time one difficult situation at a time and that is the same for anything though and I bring it back to the same metaphor because it's relevant because you you've accomplished this I couldn't like Sarah I couldn't run half a marathon I I probably couldn't run half an hour like you Sarah because my stuff that I do is is a different discipline it's lifting weights and 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 probably the same for you you wouldn't be able to lift what I can lift but I love that you said probably then that was very kind (laughs) (laughs) I definitely couldn't lift half of what you lift but the the thing is there's nothing stopping me from training to be a runner apart from the fact that I don't want to and there's nothing stopping you from lifting what I can lift apart from you don't want to your interest in exercise is a different discipline of the the same thing the end goal is to be healthy and, and look after your body and have a functioning good cardiovascular system all of that is accomplished in both ways but that the slight differences are that you choose one thing and I choose another but with drinking there are loads of ways that will help you like for me it doesn't really help me it never really did to to constantly monitor the days like to think oh today I'm 362 days or I'm 705 days it didn't that didn't interest me it still doesn't when people do that I think oh good for you great but so (laughs) like I don't want to measure my life by something I don't do anymore and uh, and I don't want a constant like marker of that I could tell you when the last time I had a drink was but I'd have to go and look for that information all I know is I do not base my life around that and if I ever feel like that old familiar feeling of I just want to escape this situation, I feel really uncomfortable. This is how I used to feel when I'd want to go out on a bender or go for a, a few drinks. Whenever I feel those same feelings, I don't reach to the same destructive behaviours anymore. I, I have much more healthy stuff in place to, to reach for before I do any of that. And so I don't. It's not even on the list, let alone the last thing on the list. Whereas before it was not even a conscious thought, it, I'd just be drinking. 
I'd feel uncomfortable and I'd be drinking before I knew it. It was such a reflex because I'd practiced it. I practiced it over and over again. And if you practice something, good or bad, it will become easier and easier and easier to do. It'll become more and more unconscious, more and more automatic. And it's the same in thinking this is part of my identity because I've done it so many times and it's so built up in my head. This is who I am. It can be erased. It can be rewritten. You can overwrite that. You absolutely can. You don't feel it now because you haven't done it yet. Yeah. So why would you? It would be stupid to to expect that you'd feel like that now when obviously you've not put that work in yet. But you can. You can start today. And in a week, you could have a week clear of drinking and repeat that a few times. You'll have a month. Repeat that a few times. You'll have a few months. And things change like Sarah said once you get to a certain milestones if you think oh, I'm going to go six months and see how I feel at that point you will feel differently in six months from how you do now you absolutely will there's no way you will do something something that different in your life and not feel differently and not have gained strength not have gained wisdom there's just no chance it, it, it will occur I can't tell you exactly how it will with you because I don't know much about you but it will definitely happen if you put the work in so I, I I would just start start now start small and and do it and and the rest will come you'll get faith in yourself and you'll feel more capable the more experience you have because that's just how things work and we're rooting for you god yeah 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 of course we are again Brittany thank you so much for your email it's so so lovely when we have people telling us how great we are <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean really don't bother going in touch unless you can preface yeah. it with that at least a cursory line but no we do love hearing from people we were just we saying before it. we started weren't we like you know not from a you know it's not from an ego no. uh, standpoint to be like oh people are listening but it's just like it's lovely that people are engaging with what we're talking about and that we can potentially help or at least open up a conversation and make people think about things in a different way um you know we don't profess to have all the answers but um it's just it's just good for everyone to share their stories and to kind of get inspiration and ideas about from other people i think it's that's what helps me yeah if we did care about how many listeners we get we would be doing a, a lot more than zero amounts of publicity <laughs> and promotion. Like a lot more than what we're doing at the moment which is currently nothing <laughs> yeah no I, and i i genuinely I've, I've been spending way more time away from just been online in general lately so I haven't really gone on Instagram and I have moments where I feel a bit bad because I feel like I've got I've got a fair amount of people that follow me on there and I've got a book that you know I could be promoting all of the time and we've got a podcast together which one comes out every week on a Tuesday and obviously some work goes into Thursday that. Jen what did I say <laughs> Tuesday Tuesday <laughs> comes out on I don't know where sometime New episodes in the week. every Tuesday no no <laughs> that just proves what I'm what I'm saying though <laughs> I obviously care that the book that I've written is helping people and I've, I've had loads of emails and for people saying that and it absolutely it's amazing to have that and same with the podcast we've had loads of people getting in touch over the five months that we've been doing it yeah saying how much they're loving it and and again that's so nice but we don't do it for that gratification we just don't and it's so obvious that we don't because we barely fucking talk (laughs) about it (laughs) no it's it's a genuine i just i love chatting with you i love chatting about this sort of stuff it's great as a sideline and as a as a other facet of it that it, it seems to be helping the people that do listen and have found it but it's a sort of miracle that people have found it in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's just holding space for conversation. And, you know, I'm training to be a therapist. That's that's totally my bag. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, my love. Well, have a great rest of the day. Brittany, I hope that we've in some way helped. And thanks so much for taking the time to write in. And if anybody else wants to write in with any question, please do. The email address is the team at offtherocks.co.uk and we would love 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 to hear from you we mostly would. because then we don't have to come up with topics ourselves yes <laughs> <laughs> that's true as well <laughs> all right darling have a good day yeah you too bye bye